Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Where the Dark Corners Are. Hello, I am Vina. I am your Dark Travels hostess. Tonight, we travel to Almwick, England. Almwick is located northeast of England and is just over 300 miles from London, Britain's capital. Now, the reason why I chose this rather curious place was because of its famous poisonous garden. We all see those fun facts or morbid and curious memes about strange and unusual places. Well, I decided to look into the poisonous gardens of Almwick. And little did I know how interesting and how this area has a plethora of outstanding, haunted, and awesome places. So, we'll start with an Almwick Gardens the very poisonous gardens that brought me here in the first place. The Elmwick Gardens is located right next to the Elmwick Castle, which is currently the home of the Duke and Duchess of Northumberland. Dating as far back as 1750, the very first Duke planted a formal garden here. Since then, Every royal duke and duchess has maintained the gardens in some form or another, until World War II. During World War II, it was converted from a palace of Italian ornamental splendor into a victory garden of vegetables. But by the 1950s, it was closed due to the overwhelming costs of maintenance. Then, in 1995... When Jane Percy's husband unexpectedly became the 12th Duke of Northumberland following his brother's untimely death, Jane decided to restore it, though not to its former glory, but rather with a modern-day twist. Jane decided to plant hard-to-get deadly poisons, and not just poisons. Jane also wanted to add narcotic plants to her garden. In fact, many of these poisonous plants and narcotic plants actually require a special government permission to grow. So, what deliciously poisonous plants are in this garden? Currently, there are over a hundred species of deadly plants with the potential to kill. So, we're talking a strychnine tree, you know, Infamous for the production of deadly poison strychnine. A castor oil plant whose seeds store the lethal resin toxins that is so potent that a dose of only four to eight seeds might actually kill an adult. A hemlock plant, again, whose toxin uh, 
can kill an adult with just a mere dose of 0.1 grams. And, and, but we're also talking nightshade, belladonna, angel's trumpets, and golden chains. As for the drugs that the poisonous garden has, we're talking opium poppies, cannabis. Well, I don't know if cannabis is legal or illegal in England, but in California, it's legal now. But anywho, cocoa, mushrooms, and tobacco, which was planted with the intent to create an awareness about drug addictions. Now, obviously, the danger presented by the poisonous plants, which is extremely real. Again, these plants can kill people or make them simply sick just by touching or inhaling or even smelling them. In fact, there's a history of people passing out from smelling the poisonous plants and (laughs) the toxic fumes. And some of these are so deadly and poisonous that they're actually caged. And the garden itself is secured every evening behind secured gates and is monitored 24 hours a day. Now, the really cool thing about Jane's vision for her garden, for her poisonous garden, is she had some other brilliantly scathing ideas for this project. And I am, of course, referring to the enormous multi-level treehouse and the bamboo labyrinth also found in her garden. Now, when you get there, when you go to see it, and I really hope you do. I mean, this place looks amazing. To get to the Alnwick Gardens, it's just off the A1 at Alnwick, of course. And, you know, there are signs. They're in English. (laughs) And... You can only see it as part of a guided tour. And great news. The tour itself is actually free, but you do have to pay the entry fee to the Castle Gardens. Tours, they run about uh, every half an hour up to five. And part of the purpose of the tours is to help people see the difference between poisonous and non-poisonous plants in the wild. Again, like I said before, besides the poisonous section, the poisonous garden section, there's the treehouse, there's the labyrinth, and even the garden gates, which is a, you know, elaborate decorative skull and crossbones gates. You can take a look at, there's a pavilion, there's a visitor center. Now, as you're walking in the gardens and maybe checking out other parts of the grounds, you may get the impression that you've actually seen this castle before. Well, chances are you have. The castle itself, the Alnwick Castle, has been in such popular films and TV shows as Elizabeth, the movie, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, Downton Abbey, the Christmas special, and it was actually in the first two Harry Potter films. But, believe it or not, Alnwick Castle is also famous for something very unrelated to TV shows and popular movies and something far more dark and sinister. I am, of course, referring to the Alnwick Vampire Incident. Per the legend, 
William of Newborough, Lord of Alnwick Castle, suspected that his wife was having an affair. He then schemed to catch her in the act, and in his infinite wisdom, he thought climbing up on the roof of the castle would be a wise idea. Except he slipped, fell, and broke his neck and died. Now, naturally, the family buried him. However, shortly thereafter, the Lord was actually seen prowling about the streets of the town at night. In fact, it was even reported that his body left a stench of death that pestilence actually broke out. Yes, an illness actually began to spread and livestock began dying. Local villagers blamed the vampire for what they considered to be basically the plague outbreaking. And they decided that they were going to kill the Alnwick vampire. So, a mob, an armed mob with sharp spades and and other uh, weapons that are geared to kill a vampire broke into the family cemetery and they dug up his corpse. To their surprise, the Lord was barely covered with a thin layer of dirt and when the mob struck his body with a sharp spade, to their horror, the wound that they caused actually poured out fresh blood. So the mob... basically confirming that they had a vampire on their hands, took the body from the castle grounds and burned it to ashes, which, as ironies would have it, the pestilence ended and the livestock stopped dying. So, to this day, it is believed that there was truly a vampire haunting this town. Now, this is a great legend, a great story, but for the castle itself, it is believed that the castle is actually haunted by a young teenage girl who served as a maid in Victorian times. Apparently, the young teenage girl fell down a chute into the tunnels that ran under the castle while working in the kitchen. And to add to her fall, a dumbwaiter fell on top of her, crushing and killing her. So, since her death, people have frequently spotted her ghost, which they have dubbed the Grey Lady, and she is seen when people are walking through the tunnels below the castle. So, here you have almost this wonderfully paranormal, legendary castle. You have poisonous gardens, you have a vampire legend, you have the gray lady ghost haunting the tunnels. And after you have the opportunity to visit this garden, maybe even run the bamboo labyrinth, um, you might be a little hungry. And great news of all, the enormous multi-tree level house that I mentioned earlier is actually a restaurant. This this treehouse restaurant celebrates the life of trees. As pine, cedar, and redwood are all carefully entwined to make this place elegant and as ancient as possible. In fact, growing trees literally just grow forth from the floors 
while in the wintertime, a cozy fireplace just is just crackling and calling your name. And any guesses what the furniture is made of? I think you get the awesome picture. As for the menu, it is a northern English fair with an emphasis on the seasonally and locally produce. So here again, you have this wonderful place. Poisonous, <laughs> poisonous plants, vampires, and a treehouse for you to enjoy a hearty meal. Now, obviously, after you visit the gardens and have a delicious meal and learn about the vampire and get all this wonderful uh, experience, and you're going to want a wonderful place to stay. And boy, does Elm Lake have the best, if not possibly the most haunted castle for you to stay. And I am, of course, referring to the Chillingham Castle. This castle was originally built in the 12th century as a monastery. Over the years, it had been turned into a royal castle, and being as such, the lords and the kings and everybody who owned, owned the castle obviously built on top of it and expanded it some more. But the thing about this particular castle, as a royal castle, it held a strategically important position in medieval times as well as the days of William Wallace. Obviously, the castle was used in defense and in preventing the Scots from getting over the border to invade England. Now, in more recent times, such as World War II, the castle was used as barracks. But eventually, it was purchased by a baronet who set to work into restoring this beautiful castle to its former opulence, bringing the castle to its gloriness today. And before we get into the spooky spook stuff, because trust me, there's a lot, a slight fun fact, this castle, for some strange reason, actually has 90 wild white cows. I mean, and we're talking this herd has actually lived on the land since medieval times. So if you're driving around, you're like, oh, my God, what's with that cow? Uh, generation after generation just gets to live there free, eating the, the English grass and, you know, enjoying the wildlife, I suppose. <laughs> but cows aside, the real draw to this castle is the extended amount of paranormal activity that occurs pretty much everywhere in this castle. In fact, this castle claims to be the most haunted castle in the United Kingdom. Now, I mean, I've done a lot of research. As a, li as a listener, you've you heard me talk about this castle, that castle, Edinburgh Castle. There's a lot of castles. But I have to say, even I was truly impressed with the documentation that I have found on Chillingham Castle. Now, as a guest, you, of course, would have access to a number of sections of the castle, including the torture chamber and many of the bedrooms. But if you're a little nervous because it truly does have a lot of paranormal activity, but you are extremely curious, one of the great things about Chillingham Castle is that they offer you the opportunity to take a tour. 
And again, the tour does include the torture chamber, the great hall, the minstrel's gallery, the chapel, and, and many rooms, including King Edward's room. And we're going to get to why these hotspots, these paranormal hotspots, are definitely worth the tour, if not to, you know, be a guest. We'll start with the Blue Boy, also known as the Radiant Boy. His ghost is said to haunt the Pink Room. Legend has it that the apparition of a young boy would appear from a wall inside the room. And when he appears, there are other blue orbs of light. People have heard the cries of a child. And these cries can actually be heard coming through the same area the same wall of where the blue boy appears. Now, sometime in the 20th century, they did some remodeling, and sadly, they found the skeletal remains of a young boy who had been wearing blue clothing hidden behind a wall, and many believe that not only was he walled up alive, but that his finger bones and nails were actually worn down and broken because he was prying and crying at the wood, the the rocky wall, trying to escape his tomb. And I mean, that's just heartbreaking alone. I mean, who does that to a child? But alas, that's his story, and that's the pink room story. But the blue boy is just one one of the many. So let's talk about Lady Mary Berkeley, wife of Lord Grey of Walk and Chillingham. She was a devoted wife. She loved her husband. But sadly, her husband decided to run off with her sister. And it is said that she basically, you know, became this recluse and resorted to living in her gray apartments and basically died of a broken heart. Today, it is reported she visits her former living quarters, again, the gray apartments, and she has actually been seen gazing out the upper floor windows. Obviously, probably waiting for that son of a bitch to come home to her. But alas, he never does. Moving on, let's talk about the white pantry ghost. In what's called the inner pantry, there is a frail figure who will appear to people asking for water. And she began appearing during a time where silver used to be stored in this inner pantry and secured by a footman who was hired to sleep there and basically guard the, f- the family silver. So here's the, here's the story. One night, while the footman, the employee who was protecting the silver, was sleeping, he was approached by this mysterious, ghastly lady in white. And he looked upon her. She looked very pale. She was begging for water. And, you know, because he was asleep and trying to gather his thoughts, he was like, okay, sure, I'll get you some. And then he realized that he was locked in the room, and absolutely nobody could come into the pantry. So, of course, it rattled him, but to this day, 
the same pale figure is seen. And still, to this day, the lady in white will ask for water. And over the years, of course, they created some theories because in their knowledge, in their mind, and their understanding, that someone being poisoned will make them quite thirsty. So they think this unfortunate woman was killed by poison and her spirit, her ghostly apparition, is still looking to quench her thirst. Now, all of these people seem to have some sort of sad sob, you know, just heartbreaking stories. But not all the ghosts at Chillingham Castle does. Let's talk about this son of a bitch, John Sage. John, who had at one time been King Edward's best man whilst in battle, absolutely hated the Scots. And after uh, one particular battle, he was left injured and too wounded to continue fighting for King Edward. As a result, he moves to Chillingham Castle to serve as the castle's official torturer. Here, this man has basically found the perfect job. He's wounded. He hates the Scots, the very people that they're capturing and who are prisoners of war and are coming into Chillingham Castle. Now, armed with basically this unrelentless anger and unbridled authority, this man took torture to unimaginable levels. And we're talking he used Iron Maidens, racks, cages where prisoners were left to be eaten by rats. I mean, we're just, I mean, if you can imagine it, John Sage probably upped that game and did it. In fact, it is believed that he tortured somewhere from around 50 people a week for well over three years. So there's 52 weeks in a year times 50 people. That's, 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 and after three years, you're looking at somewhere in the ballpark of over 7,000 people. Now, when the war began to wind down, and Sage still had all of these prisoners at his disposal, literally at his, un, like I said, unbridled disposal, he decided, and this, I mean, I, there are no words to the appalling, to the, absolutely appalling choices he made here but basically what he did was he emptied out all the dungeons of the men and women that were still captured there and the children were taken to king edward's room where they basically watched as their mothers and fathers were rounded up and led to the courtyard and once there in the courtyard sage's men burned their parents alive while the children were made to watch from the windows above. And then Sage himself slaughtered the children with an axe, which is still on display above one of Chillingham's castle stairwells. So here again, these horrific atrocities, just parents are burning, kids are getting axed. It is absolutely horrific. Now Sage himself actually gets strung up and mutilated in the very courtyard we just talked about. 
And not only does he get strung up, but the villagers who had enough of his barbaric ways cut off his nose, his testicles, and toes and cook them as souvenirs. And just to let him suffer, he was left to die with his injuries while the rest of the crowd and the villagers watched. Now, as I said before, pretty much every inch of this castle, Chillingham Castle, as if, I mean, what an awesome name, let's be honest. But every inch, basically, of this picturesque castle, even the picturesque lake on the castle grounds is haunted because it is said that the lake probably holds, if not hundreds, then thousands of the Scots that died at the vicious hands of John Sage and basically were dumped into the waters and left to rot. Moving to the front of the castle, the, the, the driveway of the castle grounds, it is called the Devil's Walk because at some point in time in its history of John Sage's murderous onslaught of the Scots was soaked in blood and littered with human bones because that's where the Scots were left to hang and basically rot away. As for the chapel, even the chapel <laughs> has ghostly activity. They have found two skeletons underneath the ground in a vault. They actually don't believe that the two skeletons are related, and maybe even they're there for different reasons, but one appeared to be uh, that of a young girl who was probably hiding, but from whom or why or why her remains are there, but it looked like she was afraid. But her little ghost is said to usually communicate with women. And she'll even play with their hair, or you just get this overwhelming feeling if you're in the corner where her body is found of a great sadness. People have also heard the voices of two men talking in the chapel, and while it's not really possible to understand what they're saying, if they if the voices themselves get the impression that the humans, the live humans, are actually trying to discern what is being said, the voices will actually stop talking. Now, also on the castle grounds are the hanging trees. Like I said before, a lot of the prisoner of wars, the Scots, were hung in the trees of the castle grounds. And, you know... I've said this before, trees don't like to be used as murder devices. They just don't. And, you know, it just corrupts, I think, the spirit of the tree. And it is believed that the trees of Chillingham Castle are are gnarled and sinister looking because of the history of being used as executions. In fact, there's even one horrible story of how monks who had happened upon people who were being hung and struggling because hanging didn't really mean one drop and they're done. Now, they would hang them so where their feet barely touched the ground, and hence the people would basically die this slow death of struggling to touch the ground and gain, you know, footing. And when the monks happened upon some of these victims, they tried, of course, to cut down these unfortunate souls and sadly the monks were caught and as punishment the monks were hung themselves and it is said that around the hanging trees 
people have seen the apparitions of these unfortunate monks. Now, we talked about a couple of the rooms. We've talked about the outer grounds. But there are actually some very interesting point of interest that I do want to talk about as well. For one, inside the castle, in the still room, is a portrait of a Spanish gypsy. And it is said that one of the previous owners actually encountered her spirit. And she told him that he lived in a haunted castle and that she would place a curse on anyone who would steal from the home. Shortly thereafter, people who had previously stolen items actually started sending back the items that they had stole, sometimes even sending notes admitting to the theft and admitting that after they stole the items, they would have nothing but bad luck. And, you know, please accept our apology. with <laughs> this terrible curse. Um, and I just think that's absolutely fabulous because, you know, the curse of Bodhi, which is one of my favorite curses. But moving down into, you know, the dungeon, the torture section of the castle, the inside, the darker corners, if you will, the definite darker corners of the castle, prisoners would, you know, be interrogated and tortured and sealed up in in the darkest corners of this castle and sometimes they would have their arms and legs broken before being tossed through a trap door and following into the castle's dungeon and the thing about dungeons were there was absolutely no way out unless the king or the lord or the owner of the castle allowed you to come out of the dungeon. And the Scottish prisoners, it's been said that they were so starved that they actually ended up committing cannibalism because they were basically left to rot. In fact, there were even some reports of the prisoners resorting to eating their own flesh. And the dungeon itself is covered with marks from the prisoners keeping track of the time that they were uh, down there. Some even had etchings on the walls that are still visible today. As for the torture chamber, uh, and and I can't believe I'm actually going to say this, but the floor itself was actually designed to be at a slope in order to drain the blood away from the victims. And... Again, as thousands of Scots died at this asshole's brutal brutality, through the years of restoration, countless bodies have basically been uncovered in various parts of all of these hidden dark corners, crawl spaces, brick walls, hidden rooms, and it's just unfathomable to the horrific and, like I said earlier, the unbridled brutality that this man was allowed to exercise on these prisoners of war. Now, shifting back up to the Edward room, again, the killing room, basically, because remember, that's the room where the children were forced to watch their parents burn in the courtyard and then got axed by John, literally axed by John. People have felt this horrible overwhelming sense of sadness people have experienced 
a horrible odor of human blood, and it's overwhelming. You know, it's, it just totally fills the senses. In other parts of the castle, people have had their hair pulled, have had their arms scratched. There's even been reported cases of people being bitten by obviously unknown entities. And in addition to all of these physical paranormal attestments, the scratches, the hair getting pulled, the voices, you know, there's even photographs of strange anomalies. There's recorded voices of people who aren't there, but here you have these audios of conversations that are taking place. So between the boy in blue, Lady Mary Berkeley, the, the white lady asking for water, the thousands of dead Scots in the lake, uh, the thousands of dead Scots in the dungeon, the body parts, the, the you know, this unrelentless activity. This place, I have to say, I, I, in a previous episode, I was really overwhelmed with all the paranormal activity at Edinburgh Castle, but Chillingham really does take the place. I mean, the Devil's Walk, the hanging trees, the monks. It just, it literally, I have pages of notes regarding this one castle that you can stay the night at. And it's as simple as going to their website and scheduling your haunted stay. So that is all I have for tonight. I mean, I just, I know it's two castles, a poisonous garden, but my God, this Alnwick Castle, Chillingham Castle, this, and it all just stemmed from this little meme I saw regarding the poisonous garden. I just am absolutely amazed. And if I ever get back to England, this place is definitely on my to go to. Okay, a little business. My giveaway, I am still accepting emails. And all you have to do is send me an email at where the Gmail, uh, where the Gmail. <laughs> I don't know why I keep doing that. I apologize. All you need to do is send me an email at where the dark corners are at gmail.com and just simply say, hey, Vina, uh, my very favorite episode is da 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 fill in the blank. I have a Facebook page, and if you are curious or interested and would like to join, just send me a request. However, if you have a place that you would someday like to see where their dark corners are, because if Chillingham doesn't do it for you, I don't know what will. But if you have a specific tourist attraction in mind, send me an email at where the dark corners are at gmail.com. So until next time, please remember, only the few can find the beauty in the darkness, which is why I hope to meet you where the dark corners are. <laughs> <laughs>